Hello, and welcome to a special edition of The Cloud Whisperers. Today it's just me, David. Uh, the other Cloud Whisperers are off doing Cloud Whispery things elsewhere. And I've been working from home a lot, taking care of getting companies ready to do Teams enablement so they can get their allow their workers to work remotely during this uh, particular outbreak of the COVID-19 virus. So today, I thought I would take a little bit of time and share some of the things that I've been working on, specifically around crisis management in the modern workplace, in the modern world. And so what we're seeing with a lot of organizations is they're struggling with taking people who are used to coming into the office, used to coming in and working face-to-face with each other. And and we're really talking primarily about... um, information workers. We're not talking so much about frontline workers or um, people who have to do face-to-face contact uh, and customer service. We're really talking about our people who are working with documents, working in Outlook and in office all day long. Uh, And these individuals can certainly work remotely. We're just not used to it in most organizations. So today we're going to talk a little bit about what is out there that can enable you to very quickly get your organization out and working in this uh, remote world so that we can slow down the spread of of this uh, COVID-19 virus. So there's three things we really have to think about when we're talking about enabling remote work. The first one is when we go to a remote work scenario, you are going to have to communicate to your employees a great deal more than you do now. Now, what we mean by that is it's not just a function of sending an email out. This is not just a simple email that we send out and say, hey, here you go, you're good to go. No, this is emails, this is phone calls, this is conversations, and they have to happen all the time. So what we're going to do here is we're going to teach people how to communicate because instead of being able to do a prairie dog and just pop up and and talk to the person in the next cube over or do a drive-by of their office or see them in the break room, uh, employees are going to feel cut off. They're at home. They have that five-second commute, which is awesome. But at the same time, they're sitting there in their chair going, yeah, I've got nobody to talk to. Uh, I don't feel like I'm you know, part of the team. How do, I, how do I maintain that relationship? And so communication is incredibly important when it comes to that kind of stuff right now. So we're going to push that and we're going to have multiple channels of communication. Luckily for us, Office 365 provides us with many ways for us to actually get communication done. And Microsoft has actually released some accelerators that is going to make this even easier. So one example that we have inside of Microsoft is we have this ability to create websites in SharePoint Online very easily. And these websites can be seen by people. If we're using modern designs, they can be responsive. So a person can get to it from their phone or get to it from a desktop, which means regardless of where they happen to be and what they're working on, they can actually get that information on whatever device, no matter where they happen to be. As long as they've got an internet connection, if they can get to the internet, they can get to their work. And that's, and that's a key portion here. So Microsoft has released a Microsoft crisis communications template, and you can go out and get this yourself. Uh, all you've got to do is go out to the provisioning PNP website. And so you can get to that by going to provisioning.sharepointpnp.com. And if you go to that particular website, 
and you have a SharePoint online tenant, right? You're going to need that. Then you can actually go and look at the designs they have there. And the design you're looking at is under organization. There is one called crisis communications, and it will go out and provision into your tenant um, a, a communication site that allows you to have a news area. You can set up uh, quick links to additional resources. Uh, it has uh, a place to, to set up your response team so you can have a card for each response team with their information about what they're doing. It's got some embedded feeds from the CDC and the World Health Organization. And you can even add in your own Yammer group so that people can actually ask questions and get responses back. So you've got some feedback and communication that's happening inside of that crisis communications app. That's one of the things that we have out there that we can go ahead and use. There are some other ones as well. Another offering that Microsoft has is their Crisis Communications Power App. Now, I rather like this one because it's designed to be consumed using Power Apps, which means I can do it in a web page, I can do it inside of Teams, I can do it on a, um, a SharePoint site, and I can also do it on my mobile phone in a, in a native Power App, which is very useful. This particular thing has got two power apps. One power app is for the end users. They can go out and check in. They can say what days they're working from home or working out of the office. They can also go out and see corporate news. They can see um, a feed from, the w from an RSS feed like the WHO or CDC or another news source. They can go out and they can get to FAQs, to quick, to helpful links, to contacts. And all of that is configured inside of a Power App. It's all stored in SharePoint back lists on the back end, but there's a nice Power App front end to enable people to go and quickly create you know, communication they can get to their employees. Now, it's very important that we have multiple lines of communication, not just one line. We're not going to use just a Power App or just the website or just email. We need to use all of those things. However, one of the advantages of the website and the power app is it gives your people one place to go find information that is um, applicable everywhere so what we're saying is instead of them having to go and and, and hunt through a bunch of emails because you know the average information worker gets like 300 emails a day so I have to go hunt back and remember who sent me that email and what was the what was the information and you know who do I contact for what thing all of that stuff instead of coming out in emails and making the user spend time in Outlook looking for it we can put it in either a website or inside of a Power App okay so it's important that you maintain these lines of communications with your employees that you do it multi-channel and take advantage of the stuff that Microsoft is giving you right now all right that's number one communication what about number two and that is how do we enable remote work for our employees all right if you already have office 365 uh, licenses because your e uh, your ea was renewed and they switched you over to the consumption licenses then it's likely that you already have everything you need to enable remote work you just may not have gotten there yet you may already have a tenant or you may not if you don't have a tenant that's okay you can stand up a tenant very very quickly in microsoft you, you simply go out to office365.com, start up a tenant. You've got to give them a tenant name. If you have not done this for your organization, go through that process. And you know what? I would just put in there, um, I, I, I would look at this as a tenant that I'm not going to use long term, but it's something that we can get out there quickly. And if you haven't set anything up yet, 
do a trial tenant, apply your licenses. Microsoft is actually giving everybody E1 licenses for six months. Now, what does that actually mean? An Office 365 E1 license is essentially the full array of Office 365 delivered via the web. So I get Teams, I get SharePoint, I get Outlook, I get everything I need. Okay, What I don't get, I do not get Office Pro Plus, meaning the Office installs on there on your PCs. You probably already have that for your desktops or your laptops that are corporate issued. And so people don't have to have that Pro Plus license, um, but because if you've got a perpetual license for Office, for, um, Office that's 2019, that's great. You can continue to use that. Um, but the E1 license does give you Office on the web, which means that your users can sit on any computer, including their laptops, including their desktops at home, including their mobile devices, up to five of those, and they can edit on the web, and that works very, very well. Is it, is it 100% compatible? No, Microsoft is still working on that, but they're making progress all the time. So take advantage of the free license for six months. Go out there and get that um, that 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 tenant set up, get yourself in there quickly. If you've already got a tenant and you just have been holding off on this because you aren't ready, well, this is the time to go ahead and get out there, right? So, what are some suggestions around that? Well, the first suggestion is um, keep it simple. And and what we mean by that is your people are going to understand what are your people going to need to work remotely. They've got to communicate with each other. They've got email. But they also need instant messaging because instant messaging is actually the way we communicate more often. And that instant messaging is also going to add into it meetings. Now, if you've already got Zoom or GoToMeeting or something like that, that's fine. But if, if you're running everything on-premise, right, if you're still using Skype on-premise, if you're still using file shares and SharePoint on-premise, if you're still using, you know, everybody's got Outlook and out, out, out on the web now anyway. But when you turn on Office 365 and you start letting people go out there and start using some of these things like OneDrive for Business, um, suddenly you're going to enable them to get work done even when they're not connected to your network. Now, the first thing you're going to want to do is make sure that, that your people can get to that content, right? And that means if you've already gone in and disabled these licenses, we well, have to turn them back on. If, you have, if you're using conditional access or some other kind of networking policy to block people from using it outside your organization, you have to turn those off because otherwise people won't be able to get their work done. And you really don't want them VPNing in because your VPN probably wasn't designed to, allow, to carry that much traffic. In addition, you're bringing everybody back to your office and then going out to Microsoft, then back to your office and back to their house. Whereas if you let them go directly to Microsoft from their house, your experience is going to be better uh, from a networking standpoint. Their experience is going to be better as well. So turn on Teams. If you want to, turn off self-service group creation. And that way people will be able to create teams. They'll just be able to use the IM and messaging. That in and of itself is a huge productivity increase. People can sit at home. They can they can uh, have an audio call with somebody. They can screen share. They can IM. They can have a video call. And by the way, I'm a big believer in video. Turn those videos on and recognize in this kind of situation, we're all working from home. And there's going to be dogs barking and there's going to be kids running by because they're all out of school too. And 
we're tending to work weirder hours because of all this stuff. I was up till five o'clock in the morning last night uh, because I was working on stuff and I had some things we had to get my daughter moved out of the, out of the dorms. Uh, and so we didn't did that in the afternoon and I had, I ended up working late instead. That kind of stuff is going to happen. So don't expect people to be wearing a coat and tie or even necessarily to be wearing a, a nice button down or blouse. Um, but Turning on that video is still going to be very valuable, and so I'd recommend it. Just recognize, hey, if somebody's at home and they have to be wearing a T-shirt or something like that, don't 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 give them a big hassle about it. it not right now. You know th that that's for after this whole thing when we're all back to regular work schedules and the like. Um, so the other thing they've got to be able to get to, in addition to those meetings and communications and emails, they got to get to files. What we don't want them doing is having to email files back and forth to each other. And this is where OneDrive can be very valuable to us, and also where things like Teams can be very valuable to us as well. Now, one suggestion I've seen some people talking about is, if you're not going to turn on self-service team creation, go out and create an organization-wide team. When you create a team, if you're an administrator, there'll be an option in there, in addition to public and private, that says the entire tenant. And what that does, if you turn that on, and you have to be less than 5,000 users, then automatically that is going to create that team and add everybody in the organization to it. If you do that, then you, what you can do is you can create some channels to let people go out and have for the different departments. So HR, accounting, IT, that kind of stuff. Why would we do that? Well, for one, it's not that different than what a lot of organizations have when they have a common or a public drive. They have this one share out on the network that everybody in the company has read-write access to, and you go out there and it's got 5,000 folders in it, and they all start A-A-A-A-A, this is David's stuff or something like that, so it goes to the top of the list. That's what we're talking about here, but we're, we're going we're gonna to restrict it down to a few channels, okay? I would recommend going into that team and making it so that only the owners can post to the general channel and that people can't create their own channels. If you need to have security, right, so if you want to have a, a channel for just the executive team and they've got to talk about things they don't want everybody else to see, then use the private channel feature of teams so that they can have uh, specific security that's different than the rest of the team. Now, when we do this, this is going to enable people to have one place to go to get their information. They'll be able to go to Teams, which will be IMing each other, having meetings, but they'll also be able to get to files. And we can have people move specific files that we're currently working on out there to those team sites, and people can use them. And, and, and instead of trying to create, i got to create a team for every department, I've got to do all of this. Hey, you know what, for right now, the, the solution is to get this done quickly. So let's get it out there, and let's get it done right now. Okay. All right. Now we've communicated with people. We've enabled remote work, right? When we do this, we've also got to make sure that we do our adoption and change management. We can't forget that because we can't just tell people to go start using Teams. You've got to go out and say, hey, people need to know how to use Teams. Maybe they haven't used it before. Maybe they haven't used it this way before. And so you're going to need to go ahead and make sure that you give people some basic learning around Teams. Now, I mentioned that provisioning.sharepointpnp.com website before, and I told you about the crisis communications template that's out there. Well, guess what? There is also what they call an Office 365 Learning Pathways site out there as well, and this will go out and create a set of Microsoft put together learning pathways. All you got to do is provision it inside your tenant, and then what can happen is people can go out and hit the learning pathway around Microsoft Teams. And when my communication that goes out to everybody, I would link directly to that,
and I would probably even put it as a tab in my in my general channel of my org-wide team to make sure that people know here is some training on how to use Teams. Okay, because that's going to become very important. People are, and, and expect there's going to be a little bit of build-up time while this happens, and anticipate it. A little bit of drop in productivity while people get used to it. But once they get moving with this, you may actually see that your productivity increases because people are working asynchronously, people are able to communicate with each other, and they're not having to look for content all over the place. As an example, a lot of times people are having to hunt through emails to find things, as I talked about earlier. They're having to look at file shares to find data. And one of the great things of Teams is it's going to put them in the same place. Right? And you guys are going to learn this as you start working in, and uh, remotely with this. And that leads us to the last topic of how to do crisis management. You're going to have to foster collaboration. And what we mean by that is use these teams to go out there and show people how to work remotely. You're going to have people who are self-selecting as power users. You're going to have to model behavior. Um, but you can go ahead and show people, hey, I can send a file to you via Teams, and it's actually going to your OneDrive. I can go ahead and create a team and put a channel inside of there, and here are your files, and we can have a conversation around them. Demonstrate that to the people, and people will pick it up very, very quickly, a lot faster than you think they will. We still want to train them, and that's what all that learning pathway is for, but we, we want to foster collaboration. Okay, one last thing I tell you people is, as people start working remotely, we suffer engagement issues, and that means we've got to make sure that we stay in touch as much as possible. That goes back to communication again, right? So just because we're all working from home, we still need to see each other. That's why that video is important. You know, I was just, I had a video conference with my boss this morning. It was great. I sat there. Um, I'm sitting there. He's sitting there. We had the cameras on. We could see each other. Um, we were able to work on a, on a shared screen, on a document together for a presentation, and that was very, very powerful. So remember that you're going to have to communicate more, but that communication should be through audio and video and, and IM. In other words, quick, fast, um, uh, dense communications, because that's what video and audio is, is much denser than sending an IM or sending an email. Don't send emails out. That's for formal communication. Use that the way you always have, but all your other types of communication, the drive-bys, the, the, the prairie dogging, all of that kind of stuff, get it into Teams, you know, record a message, call somebody, and when you call them, turn the video on. Um, those kinds of things are going to make people feel like they're all part of the, same, of the same company, which is what we are, and we're trying to work together to solve problems. All right, so in summary... You know, go out to provisioning.sharepointpnp.com, get that communi crisis communications template, get that office learning pathways, go look for the crisis communications power app that Microsoft has put out there. If you just do a Bing search for that, you'll find it. Take it through that entire process and you will discover um, that it is, it's very easy to go ahead and actually implement. And then as you put that out there, focus your communication through those templates and those power apps so people can actually see what, what's happening. Enable your remote work so people can actually start working remotely and and then collaborate with them and you're going to have a great time. We'll get through all this together and uh, I know it's scary. I know it's um, it, it's disruptive everybody's lives, but uh, I, I know working together we will get through this. Anyway, that's it for this episode of the Cloud Whispers. I hope to have uh, Brian and, and Glenn back the next time, but I wanted to get something out for everybody. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me at uh, uh, dbruce on Twitter, dbruce on Facebook, um, or uh, at Cloud, the Cloud Whisperers as well. I think it's at Cloud Whisperers. Take care.